We're excited about what God's doing, and we're going to go ahead and jump into our, our message this morning. We're in a series called Get in the Current. Um, it really came from this idea of when I was in high school, and, or actually not in high school, I just got into a youth group, and uh, I got caught in a current, and uh, it was pretty strong and pretty scary, but uh, God, I believe, has called us as, as his children to get into some of these currents, and they can be scary, but they are something I believe God wants to do in us and work through us and help us to, to grow in these areas. And so we've talked about different ones, uh, and we're going to be talking about a new one, obviously, this morning. But before we do, and this will kind of give it away if you don't know what the current we're going to be in this morning is, but before we kind of get started, I want to ask you a quick question. But before I do that, I would like to pray. So let's do that. Father, we love you and thank you for this time. Father, I pray that that you would just, uh, just continue to be here with us, that, Father, that you would anoint me and help me, Father. I need your words to, to exit my mouth. My words aren't going to be what people need, but, God, your words change everything. And so, God, I pray that you would help us in this, in this moment, that you would open hearts, you'd open minds, um, and that, Father, you would just begin even now, as you have been, to continue to do a work in us and through us. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to ask you a quick question before we get started. And again, this will give away, obviously, what we're going to be talking about this morning. But uh, the question I have is quite simply this. Uh, it, today, as we are, goodness sakes, it's already August 30th, 2020. Uh, I want you to try to think back to about this time last year. Now, of course, last year everything was quite a bit different and things of that nature. But in that idea, do you feel like today you have more freedom or less freedom? I would think that probably the easy answer to that question is less freedom. And, and we are dealing with a lot of things right now. We're dealing with a lot of restrictions right now. And, and, and so in a lot of ways, we're dealing with a lot less freedom than we have before. But we have to understand something that God desires us to get in the current of freedom. And, and we're going to talk about this this morning. We're going to look at these things because here's the thing, and this is kind of in your notes, and we kind of need to understand this. There is a lot of people that think they are free, but they are not free like Jesus wants them to be free or like Jesus wants us to be free. Now, you can look at this and go, well, that's, that's a negative. That's not good. No, no, no. You have to understand something here, okay? Where you're at in your level of freedom is fine, great, and dandy. But Christ wants to do something even greater in your life. He wants to take wherever you are in your freedom level and raise it up and continue to raise it up to new, greater, and awesome, more places that, that you've ever dreamed of possible. So no matter where you're at, this is not a condemnation. This is not, a, oh, how could you not be more free? This is an understanding that no matter where we are, Jesus wants us to take us to another level. He wants us to look at things in even a greater understanding. So we're going to start by looking in John this morning. We're going to be in John chapter 8. And Jesus here is talking to some people who believe, we'll get into this in a second, a little bit more detail, that, that believe they are free. Okay, you have to understand the context of what we're dealing with. Jesus here is talking to people who believe they are free. But Jesus is saying, listen, no matter how free you think you are, I have something greater for you in your idea of freedom. So we're going to be in John chapter 8. We're going to be looking first with verse number 34 and, and go through 35 or 36 or so. And then we're going to continue on. But this is where we're at. This is what it says. It says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, 
You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now let's hold right there and let's understand that one, one second, okay? Jesus, what he's communicating here is this idea, listen, if you're going to be my followers, if you're going to do and become who I've asked you to be, you need to be faithful to my teachings. And what we understand in that is that we, as we understand the teachings of Jesus, as we grow in that, we will know the truth and that truth will set us free. The problem for a lot of people is they believe in their truth, not the truth. They understand what they want truth to be. If you look at our society today, it's one of the reasons I believe the enemy is attacking truth so hard. It's like I'll talk to people and I've had this happen to me. I'll say, well, let me explain to you, you know, what Christ is in my life and all those things. And I'll, I'll hear this response. Well, that's great that that is your truth, but it's not my truth. You see, Jesus said that he was the truth, the way, and the life. And so we have to start from an understanding of what truth really is. To understand what truth really is, we have to look at the teachings and the word of God to get that. So if you're trying to figure out what your own truth is this morning, I'm telling you, unless you're looking in scripture, unless you're understanding and following the teachings of Christ, you're going to have a hard time understanding what truth really is. And if you don't understand what truth is, we're going to see in just a moment how that's going to affect a lot of areas of your life, but also the area of freedom. Okay, so let's now continue on with verse 33. It says, now the people basically are responding to Jesus, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. Now, this is interesting. We have never been slaves to anyone. Now, let's stop there for a second. Who's speaking here? These are Jewish people that are speaking. Does anybody remember the Exodus? Why, why did the Exodus have to take place? That's simple, because they were slaves in Egypt. Let's think about where they are right now. They are not controlling their own stuff in a lot of ways. They are under the thumb of Rome. But yet in this situation, what's their response? Oh, we've never been slaves. We've never been slaves. Well, what are you talking about? How, what do you mean we need to be free? And it's amazing that at times we will totally miss what is right in front of us. What we are currently dealing with because we, we want to kind of push it to the side. And I don't want us to do that this morning. I want us to be honest with where we are. And be open to where we are. Because in this exchange, the people that Jesus is talking to are sitting here basically going, What are you talking about? We're free. And that's the issue that sometimes we have to understand, that we think we're free. We may not be as free as Jesus wants us to be. So they continue, what do you mean you will be set free? Let's continue now with verse number 34. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins, which is obviously all of us, we know that. All of us have sinned and fallen short. Everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, okay? Now, you have to stop here and understand something, okay? Understand the context that Jesus is sharing this understanding. To be a slave meant you would not a son or daughter, obviously. It's, it's kind of why when the prodigal son decides to leave the pig pen, what's his response? I will go and basically become a servant or a slave in my father's house. I no longer have the right to become a son, okay? 
So Jesus here is saying, a slave is not a permanent member, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. That's a beautiful thing. But here's the thing. I, I, I've heard people say, I mean, that is, that is, and if you know me, you understand what I'm saying here. That is a bumper sticker worthy Christian phrase. You, see, you would see that on a bumper sticker. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. But listen, do we really understand what Jesus is offering us here? Because this is more than just freedom. This is sonship. This is daughtership. This is understanding who we are in Christ. We're no longer a slave. We are now part of the family. But that family comes when we understand the freedom that we get because of what Jesus has done for us. Because he's broken that slavery to sin. We can be forgiven. We can experience that. But the only one that can do that is the Son. The only one that can bring that. The only person that can truly set us free is the Son. And that's a big thing to understand. So now let's continue. In, in, in John 8, let's, let's continue down. Jesus says a few more things, but let's pick it up again here in John 8, 42 and 45. And again... Same situation, same people, same setting. This is what he says. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand why I'm, what I'm saying? And Jesus here is asking, why can't you understand? So he's going to answer his own question. Here he goes. It's because you can't even hear me. You can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. Jesus here is not messing around. In some ways, hear me here and, and understand what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, you're going to either be a child of God or you're going to be a child of the enemy. You're going to have a father one way or another. You have been adopted into a family one way or another. And he's very clear here. You will do the things he does. And as he continues, he was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth. He's hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. So now what we're seeing here is this, this battle going on between truth and lies. And if you're going to want to be free, you're going to have to believe the truth. And if you're not free, it's probably because you are believing a lie. You're believing a lie. Because we have to understand that. John, can you come up and help me for a second? I want to kind of show you this a little visually because I think times we, we can miss what this is really saying. Because in some ways, what we do is we have an option here. We can believe the truth or we can believe a lie. And when we believe lies, that's when we lose that understanding and that, un and that freedom that Jesus really has for us. So John, can you help me? So basically what we do in a lot of ways, when we start believing those lies that the enemy tells us, we start to get a little bound up. Now, at this point, I can handle things a little bit. I still move around. I'm still okay. But you know what is interesting about the enemy? The enemy doesn't just stop at one lie. 
I don't know if you've dealt with this in your own life. I'm sure you have. I know I have. It's just like one after another, after another, after another. And so now, now he says, oh, look, I got, I, got, I got him a little bound up. And then he begins to say, you know what? I think I can get him a little more bound up. I think I can get him to believe a little bit more of the lies that I have for him. I think I can get him to just a little bit more. I'm, I asked John to help me with this. And he's like, are you going to fall? And I said, maybe, you know. So I'm going to scoot back from the edge a little bit. But I mean, here's the thing now. At this point, I'm, I'm bound up. You know, now I, I thought about actually getting, you know, like a, a, a you know, bandana or, you know, gag or something. And I was like, you know, I, I don't really want to do that. But I think you're getting the point here. And here's the thing. Spiritually speaking, I believe that there's a lot of us who love God, who, who desire God's goodness and grace and mercy, all those things in our life. But spiritually speaking, we're bound up with some lies. And here's the thing about this. And you say, well, Aaron, well, is it really that big of a deal? Yeah, it is. It really is for a couple of reasons. One, because we're not living in the fullness that Christ came and died for us to have. Okay? Listen, I don't know about you, and I don't always act this way, I'll be honest with you. But I want all that Jesus has for me. Because you know what Jesus has for me? Good things. Great things. But when we're like this, we're bound. And you know what? It's hard, it, it's hard to worship like this. It's, it's, it's hard to serve like this. It's hard to love others like this. You ever, you ever why, why do I have a hard time doing this? Why, do I, why, why are these things an issue in my life? You know what? I'm going to venture to say that you're bound up a little bit. You're bound up. And here's the thing. I got some of these zip ties. Now, maybe if I was really strong or was really in trouble, maybe I could, maybe especially with my legs, I could break these out. But, you know, a lot of the lies that we believe are lies that have us bound that we cannot break on our own. We need Christ. We need the truth that he comes. So, John, can you, oh, do you remember the scissors? Oh, great. Okay, awesome. Yeah, I know you are. I was like, I had a feeling you were going to do that too. There we go. And, and I didn't fall. Am I okay? Yeah. Okay. Oh, good. You see, that's the thing that we need to understand. Because if knowing, and this is in your notes, if knowing and believing the truth sets you free, then believing a lie keeps you captive. It keeps you captive. We have to understand that. We have to understand that. So what I want to do for the remainder of our service this morning is I want to look at lies that the enemy tells people. Lies that the enemy tells people. Because here's the thing. There are some lies we have turned into truth and they are keeping us captive. There are lies that we have turned into truth and they are keeping us captive. And Christ wants us to have the freedom and know the truth. And so we're going to look at these things together. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I don't know if when I was, when I was in a teenager and even a little bit before, um, and some of you will know exactly what I'm talking about here. I remember um, that was real popular, and we did them in youth group and things like that, where, where they had uh, David Letterman was doing top ten lists. Remember those, you know? And I remember, you know, all, you know it, was, it was almost like you ha as a youth group, you had to do some type of top 10 as a skit or something like that. And we did probably hundreds of them or whatever. But 
but, but I want to look at some of these. And, and these are not the top ten. These are not the most that you might deal with. But I think these are some that, that, that the enemy has lied to us about. And we've turned them into truth. And, and Christ wants to come this morning, bring his truth, and bring freedom for the captive. Bring freedom for the captive. So let's look at these. There's seven of them that we're going to look at this morning. Number one, we're going, to, we're going to start with the lie and then we'll look at the truth. Number one, lie. God doesn't love you and he can't use you. God doesn't love you and he can't use you. Now, now look, I, I, I understand. Oh, okay, oh, here we go. Yeah, Christ loves me, blah, 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 blah. Listen, hear me here, okay? I know you know the song. But has the song penetrated your heart? I know you know Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. That's a beautiful, awesome song. But has it penetrated your heart and changed the way you live your life? See, that's what that love is supposed to do. That's what Christ came to do, is to bring forth love. Because here's the thing, we know the song, and we'll talk about it all the time, but when something happens that we don't understand, all of a sudden God doesn't love me anymore. God, where are you at? What's going on? And we believe that lie. Or maybe the other thing is to basically say, well, I can't do this, or I can't do that. I don't have this gift or that gift, therefore God can't use me. Or this lie, where we basically say, God, because of my past, I can't be used. And we'll grab a hold of that lie and it'll keep us bound up. But here's the truth. God is in love with you and has a plan for you. I didn't just, I, I said God is in love with you. It's, it's a constant, active situation in your life. He's in love with you and he has a plan. And listen, his plan for you is good. I didn't say it was painless. I said it was good. I didn't say there were going to be moments or times where things were hard and difficult for you because sometimes that's a part of God's plan. But his plan is always good. There's always purpose in the pain that God has for you. And you've got to understand that that is truth. Truth. Not the lie. Don't believe the lie. Number two. This is a big one in our culture today, I believe. Number two. God just wants you to be happy. God just wants you to be happy. I cannot tell you how many times I have met with people and they, 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 they'll make this basic comment. They'll, they'll say, you know, I'm trying to make a decision or I'm trying to do something. I'm trying to feel God's will. And so they'll, they'll make a decision and they'll begin to walk in that path. And then they'll come back two months later and go, oh, Aaron, oh, I must have really made a bad decision. Okay, wait a minute. Why? Why? And when you pull away all the layers of the onion, you know what you find out? It didn't make them happy. It didn't make them feel good. It wasn't this perfect path of just rose petals and rainbows and sunshine. And so a lot of times we'll look at that. And listen, this is one reason why we have such a problem and we're so easily convinced of lie number one. is because we think God only wants us to be happy. Here's the truth. God wants you to be holy. God wants you to be holy. He doesn't necessarily... Now listen, you know, I, I, I've seen books and, oh, Jesus wants you to be happy. Jesus wants you to be this. And, and listen, hear me here. I do not disagree with the concept that Jesus wants you to be joyful. But see, happiness is usually based on circumstances. 
Joy is based on an understanding that you're God's and you're, you belong to him. And there's a joy, there's a strength that comes from that. Listen to 1 Peter 1.14. This is what it says. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Sometimes I've had people, well, what does it mean to be holy? What does, that, what does that look like? It's simple, okay? Even though it's a complex idea in a lot of ways, it's a very simple thing. It's just basically be like Jesus. He was holy, so do the things that Jesus did. Love the way that Jesus loves. He is holy, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. Listen. Hear me here. I think Christians should be the most joyful people around. Because you know what? We talked about, we just, goodness sakes, we just had a, 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 a five, six week series on Revelation. Remember, we win, okay? We win. We have every reason to be joyful because we know this planet, this world, th th this life is not the end. But you know what? There can be moments of very, very, very much unhappiness in our lives. It's a part of it sometimes. But we can still have the joy of the Lord. We can still understand that. Number three. Number three. This lie. Forgiveness is optional. Forgiveness is optional. And look. I know that when you start talking about forgiveness. The enemy starts lying. He starts saying. You know. But, but, but you. And, and you say. But you don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. And look, here's, here's the bottom line. People have done some horrible, terrible things. I'm not discrediting that. I'm not saying that there's some things that are extremely difficult to forgive. But I also know how much unforgiveness binds us up. And it keeps us from having that freedom. And so we'll, we'll say, you know, you know, and, and listen, I've seen it happen. I've, I've talked to people. They know what the scripture says and it just doesn't matter. They've seen, I'll, I'll look, and we're going to look at in just a second, a very strong verse. And I picked this one because it was such a strong uh, uh, word from Jesus. But the bottom line is, is, is they know what the word says. And they, will, they would rather live with unforgiveness and bitterness and in a lack of freedom than to do what Scripture says. They basically have believed this lie that, you know what, I can forgive this, but I can't forgive that. And that's dangerous. It's dangerous because the truth is this. You are to forgive as Christ forgave you. You are to forgive as Christ forgave you. Look at Matthew 6. In Matthew 6, 14 through 15, Jesus is very clear here. He says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now you go, that's, that's pretty strong. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because we have to understand what Jesus also says in John 8 that we read, which is we've all sinned. 
We're all sinners. Because of that, we are slaves to sin. And there's only one thing that will break that chain. And it's Jesus and his forgiveness and his grace. But you've got to understand. And you go, but Aaron, I can't. And I can't forgive. This happened and that happened. And listen, I understand. But here's the thing you need to understand. Although you may not be able to forgive, when you turn it over to Jesus and you go to him, he will help you to forgive. A lot of times what we have a problem with is we think we can forgive in our own way. Now, now somebody does a little thing and, you know, sure, we can, we can handle that. But there are sometimes things that are so deep and so hurtful and so devastating and so life-altering that we need to take it to their father and say, listen, Jesus... I know I need to forgive. I know you've said in your word I need to forgive. I know that that truth will set me free from that offense, but I need your help. And every time I've done that, every time I've brought that hurt and that, that situation to Jesus, he's always healed me. He's always brought me freedom. So you don't have to handle that on your own. But listen, forgiveness is not optional. Forgiveness for a Christian is not optional. Number four, number four. You are the only one struggling with that temptation. You are the only one struggling with that temptation. You know what's interesting about that? Is, is we have this, this understanding that, that, that we, we, we got these things that we need to work on, these things that we've got issues with, these things that we're bound up in. And you know what the enemy does? Because all these lies come from him, okay? He's the father of lies. What's that enemy do? He comes, he starts whispering in your ear. He starts saying, you know what? You're a failure. You know what? I can't believe you would struggle with that. Nobody else does with, deals with that. You are all alone. The enemy loves to segregate us. He loves to divide us. He loves to divide and conquer. And one way he does that is he puts you off in the corner thinking that you are all alone. You're the only one that deals with those sins. You're the only one that has those temptations that you're dealing with. And when that happens, you are segregated. You believe things that are lies. You believe like, you know, I couldn't tell somebody that. If they knew that I was this way, if they, if they knew I, I messed up in this area, they wouldn't love me anymore. They wouldn't care for me anymore. I wouldn't be welcome anymore. And what we end up doing is we look at our lives and our lives become filled with guilt and shame. You know, I've had people come to me and, and they'll, they'll sit down and both, both just, just wherever I've been at as, as a pastor and, and, and this may sound weird to you, but... but I'll look at him and I'll say, listen, because I know why they're there. They're there to share something that they're dealing with, that they're, they're that, you know, going through. And I'll usually make a comment to him. I'm like, look, there is nothing that you're going to tell me that I haven't already heard. There is nothing that you're going to tell me that is going to change the way I feel about you. And there is nothing you're going to tell me that Christ can't change and heal you from. Why do I do that? Because I want them to have the freedom to know this truth. And that is this. No temptation is uncommon to man. No temptation is uncommon. No temptation. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. This is what it says. 
says the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And this is beautiful. And God is faithful. You say, but Aaron, Aaron I, I've done this. Aaron, I've done that. You don't know. I don't have to know. God knows. And he's faithful. He's faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. No matter what you face, no matter what you're going through, no matter what that, listen, I don't know, maybe this is just Aaron understanding people and maybe understanding more of his life. I don't know, most people I've met have that one thing, you get what I'm saying, that they deal with and struggle with. And it's almost like that one hidden sin. It's like Achan who basically steals and he, he big, digs a hole in his tent and he covers it all up. And so then he, then he goes around everybody and says, oh, I'm just great. Oh, how are you? I'm fine. Oh, good. And he thinks nobody knows what's hidden in the ground. You see, God doesn't want you to do that. Listen, this is a truth you need to understand. And we, listen, hear me, as a church family, we need to understand this because I believe this is such a powerful lie that there is some freedom that churches need that they're missing out on because of this. And this is it. If you believe, oh, excuse me, we impress people with our strength, but we connect with people through our weakness. We connect with people through our weakness. So you have a question here. What is more important to you, to impress or to get healing? To impress and live in guilt and shame and miss the blessings and the things that God has for your life? Or to be able to connect with people and say, you know what, I'm struggling here. You know what, I'm having a hard time here. It's why James says, confess your sins to one another. Is that easy? No. Should you be wise in who you share these issues with? Absolutely. But to have this idea that I'm all alone, no one else is dealing with these things. I'm by myself. I, I, I can't believe I'm dealing with all these issues. I'm such a horrible, blah, blah, blah. Listen, that is not what Christ has for you. And sometimes it means that we have to go and say, you know what, I'm struggling here. I've got issues here. And understand that we can have that freedom from those things because Christ has done an amazing work for us. Next, lie number five. You can't live without blank. Now, usually we have blanks on our notes. This one you actually are supposed to leave blank. I can't live without blank. Why did I leave it blank? Because I wanted it to cover it all. What is it you can't live without? What is it that you look at and say, I, I, I can't go to sleep without that pill, or, or I can't handle all these situations without this, or, or, or I, I need this? What is your blank? What is that blank that you've got in your head that you've, the enemy has convinced you and basically said, hey, you can't live without this. You can't live without it. You can't live without it. Because here's the truth. You can't live without God. Now, you go, well, well listen, I, I know, my, I have cousins and, and aunts or uncles or grandparents. Well, I, I got all these people that, know, 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 that don't know Jesus at all, but, and they're living. Listen, this is not the life that I'm talking about. I'm talking about that full life. 
I'm talking about that life that has got joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness. I'm talking about the life that Jesus said when, hey, listen, I came to give you life and give you life like you've never experienced it before. I gave you, I came to give you life and it's all its abundance until it's fullness. That life that you press it all down and it just keeps coming out because there's just so much goodness. There's just so much grace. There's just so much joy and peace. That's the life I'm talking about. You cannot have that life without God. And people try. And people try, but they can't. So in your life, what is that blank? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is in your notes. If you believe that you can't live without fill in the blank, you will be bound to whatever that fill in the blank is. You'll be bound to it. Let me give you a, 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 a weird not a weird, I think a lot of people understand this. But trying to explain this to my son a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, I am a Christian, which means I love coffee. And uh, you may disagree with that. I know tea drinkers are, we're, they're close, you know, but I'm teasing. But we will go on trips or, or whatever. And, and before we go, I'll make sure I have a, a cup of coffee in the morning. And Easton was like kind of sitting there and he's trying to figure this out. Mom, why can't dad... Why does dad have to have coffee? Why do we have to make sure dad has coffee in the morning? Well, let's just be honest with you. I'm addicted to coffee. If I don't have coffee, at some point in the morning, there's going to be something that happens to me. I'm going to get a headache. You say, well, Aaron, you're not addicted to the coffee. You're addicted to the caffeine. I understand all that. And you go, well, is that your fill in the blank? Well, I don't think so. I mean, I, you know, this is going to sound very familiar. I can stop anytime I want to. But it hopefully it gives you an illustration. You see, if, if I don't have my coffee, my life is not the fullness that I want it to be. Why? Because I get a headache. And I'm using that as a very easy, understandable, not life hopefully altering thing. But I want you to put in whatever your fill in the blank is. What, what is it that you need and you think without it, I can't. Listen, for some people, and hear me here, for some people it's a person. For some people, it's, it's a husband or a wife or a child. And you go, well, isn't that good, Aaron? Oh, absolutely. That's, it's good to care and love each other. Don't misunderstand me. But listen, it can never be your fill in the blank. Your fill in the blank must be God. It must be him. That's who you need. That's where your life comes from. Number six, this lie. Put your hope and trust in money. Put your hope and trust in money. Boy, if I just had this money, if I just had this much in the bank, then I'll be okay and everything will be all right and, and all these sort of things. And, and, and instead of putting our hope and trust in what we should, we put it in money. We put it in our portfolio. We put it in, in those things. And you know what money becomes? Money becomes our security. You know what I believe another word for security is? Our God. It becomes our God. It's where our hope and our trust is, and, and obviously, we need to put our host, hope and trust in God. Put our hope and trust in God. Look at Luke 16, 13. Jesus here is very clear. No one can serve two masters. You will either hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. And of all the things that Jesus could have picked to say in this sentence, he chooses this. You cannot serve both God and money. 
Money can become an idol. It can become a god to you because it's where your security is. And instead, it has to be God. Now, now does that, do you, I have money. Does that make me? No, 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 no. We just got to put it in the right order. We got to put it in the order that Jesus has commanded us to put it into because money can be that idol. The last one, number seven. The last lie that we're going to talk about this morning. Fear and obey people. Fear and obey people. You know, I, 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 and I understand this is not always an easy thing, but um, it, is, it is literally, um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to put this, because I, I, I don't want to be harsh, but I also want, let's, I think we need to hear this. I think we need to understand this, okay? It is, it is amazing to me how many people care about what complete strangers think about them. Complete strangers. And, and, and we're seeing that, obviously, in many, many different ways. But, but there, and listen, here, here's the thing. You know, people, oh, it's social media. Oh, it's all that. Okay, yeah, it's part of it, I think, yeah. But you know what? This is not a new thing. We really at times have to make a decision. Who are we really going to fear and obey? Are we going to fear and obey people? Or the truth is, are we going to fear and obey God? Which are we going to do? Let's look at Acts 5 as the worship team wants to come on up. We're going to close. In Acts 5, 5, 27 through 29, it says this. Let me give you a quick understanding of where we're at. Um, some of the disciples have been brought before basically um, the high priest council and they're being questioned basically after, after uh, Peter and, and John have, have, have through, through Jesus healed the blind man at, at the gate um, in front of the temple. And so this is what he says. They were brought, uh, the, they, were brought the, uh, they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priests confronted them. We gave you strict orders Never again to teach in this man's name, he said. Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. And verse 29, I think, is a very important verse that we all need to understand considering where we're at in our world today. But Peter and the apostles replied, we must obey God rather than any human authority. We must obey God. Now, now listen. Let's, let's put the brakes on because we need to talk about this. This is not a verse that basically gives you the right to go have anarchy in the streets. Okay? Scripture is very clear. That we're to honor our leaders. We're to pray for our leaders. And, and so where does this line hit? What, where, where do we, as, what do we need to understand here? When, when, because here's the deal. I mean, we're trying our very best to be a part of the solution. We're trying to follow the, some of the guidelines and so on and so forth. But there's a line that you need to understand. And I hope it doesn't get to this place, but if it does, I want you to understand where our line is. 
You see, we are to obey, honor, pray, all those things. And we're to do that continuously. But where that line is, is when that line is crossed, where to obey man is to disobey God, we're going to obey God. And you go, oh, come on, you know, are we really, you know, I mean, I could, I could have shared this, you know, this time last year, and everybody's like, oh, of course, yeah, blah, blah, blah. You, listen, folks, you can't sing in California. We're not talking about North Korea. We're not talking about China. We're talking about America. Where's that line? Simple. When they cross over and say, no, we're gonna, you, you gotta follow this rule, and we say, no, God's rule oversees it. And that's sometimes not easy to follow, and we're gonna do the best we can. But the bottom line is, is we have sometimes believe that lie that says what's more important is what people think than what God thinks. And the bottom line is, as we kind of bring this all to a close, is the enemy loves to give us lies. And when we believe those lies, we are bound by them. Listen, why, why is it that we look and we go, why isn't the church doing the things that, that, that the scripture says we should be doing? Sometimes I believe it's because we've bought, we've bought into a lie. We've believed the lies and they've bound us up. And instead, Christ wants to come and bring us true freedom. So listen. Maybe one of the lies we talked about this morning is you'd go, oh my, yeah, that's, that's my lie. Maybe it's another lie. Maybe there's something else that's going on inside of you. But listen, if you believe the lies of the enemy, you will be bound by those lies. If you believe the truth, the truth will set you free. And a lot of us think we're in freedom but we're not. And this is one of those hard conversations to have, to be honest with you, with, with Americans. You know why? Because Americans think exactly the same way that the Jewish people did when Jesus was saying these words thousands of years ago. We've never been slaves to anything. We live in freedom. You know, here's what's interesting. You need to understand this. Because I think we mix this up sometimes. You're not free because of your government. You're not free because you're an American. You've been given freedom because of your God. And here's what's beautiful about that. You can live in a place where you don't necessarily have the freedom we enjoy today. And Christ can still give you freedom. And you can still live in that freedom that can change everything. But a lot of us walk around and because we have the right to say what we want when we want we forget the freedom that is ours in Christ that is so much greater than any politician or any document other than scripture can ever give you. And so we walk around bound. 
because we're fooled with that concept of liberty when it comes to this earthly place that we live. And listen, I am thankful for it. Don't misunderstand me. But there is another level of freedom that Christ wants you to walk in and live in. He wants it so bad for you, but you have got to first come to that place where you understand, you know what? I'm living in some lies and I need to trade the lies for some truth and live in that truth and understand that truth. And when I do, everything can change because Those things that had me bound, I am now set free from. But listen, the first step is not failing like his hearers did thousands of years ago, where we start to think, oh, I'm free. I'm free. And I say, okay, great, that's awesome. Wherever you're at in your freedom, awesome. And I'm telling you, Christ has come to take it to another level. Another place. Today, I don't want us to miss the opportunity to live in that level of freedom. Jesus wants it for you. He's here to offer it. But we've got to accept it. So here's what we're going to do. Let's pray. And then the word, John and the worship team are going to come and lead us in a closing chorus. But I want us to just stop. And, and I just want us to first and foremost, let's open our hearts to the Spirit. Okay? You say, Aaron, what, what do you mean? How do you do that? I, I think it's really simple. It's basically you put aside all our preconceived ideas and notions. Those things that you think, put them aside for a second. And, and, and open your heart and your mind to what God has to say about the situation. Okay? We want to open our hearts and say, say, Jesus, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything in my life? Is there a lie from the Father of all lies that has me bound? Are there things I'm believing that are not true? And, and Father, I pray right now, we, we talked about seven. There are hundreds. And Father, I am trusting you and knowing that right now through your Holy Spirit, for those that are open, you are producing that lie. You're showing them that place. And Father, no matter what it is, whatever that lie might be, Maybe it's, it's a lie that came on from, from a childhood hurt or, or something a parent did or a pastor did or whatever it might be. There is just something there and you have bought into that lie. And Jesus, I pray through your Holy Spirit that you would, you would show truth in that right now. That you would turn on the truth light, if that makes sense, onto that lie and you would expose it in the name of Jesus. And for some people, God, that may be painful. But there is power. There is healing that is available if we'll open our hearts to you and let you do in us what we cannot do ourselves. And so, Father, right now, whatever that lie is, Father, I speak in the name of Jesus to that lie. And I say to that lie, you are gone in the name of Jesus. 
We will not allow that lie to bind us anymore. We won't allow that lie to keep us from the freedom that Jesus, you came to give us. And right now, Father, I pray that you would show truth in that lie. That in that dark place in our heart, that Father, you would turn on the light of your truth. You would illuminate it and you would bring forth hope and love and grace and freedom in that place. Father, do what only you can do. Father, we sang this morning, you are the way maker. You are the only one that can make a way. You're a miracle worker. You're the only one that can come and do amazing, miraculous things in us. You're the light in the darkness. Show the light of your truth to those dark places in our hearts that have us bound up and give us freedom, Father. Freedom. Freedom that isn't based on our nationality. Freedom that is not based on who our father or our mother was. Freedom that is, comes from you. You are the one that gives us freedom. You came to give us freedom from sin and shame and guilt. To expose the lies of the enemy and to destroy them. So, Father, whatever those issues are, whatever those lies are, God, I pray healing into them. Father, I pray you would pour in your oil and heal, expose, and set us free. Because we know it's more than a bumper sticker. We know who you have set free is free indeed. We're a child of you. So, Father, right now, show us those things and heal us, bring us freedom, bring us hope, bring us joy, bring us peace, bring us kindness, self-control, all those things, God. Bring them now in the name of Jesus into that dark place. We love you and we thank you. Let's all stand. John and the worship team are going to come and they're going to lead us in a quick closing chorus. Thank you, Father. It's good.
Thank you, God. Now, thank you, Father. So good. Now listen to me, because I just feel like God is just kind of sharing something with me real quick that you need to understand, okay? Because I believe that both online and, and here that there is some truth that has been shined in some, some lies and there is a new level of freedom for some of us, and that's awesome. But I need you to understand something. The enemy is not going to just sit back and be okay with your newfound freedom. He's gonna bring those lies again, okay? He's gonna bring new lies. And you go, what do I do? You combat lies with truth. There's a reason why in our notes we had a lie and then we had truth. We see in, when Jesus is confronted and tempted in the wilderness, what's he do? He confronts the enemy with truth. And when the enemy comes in at you and comes after you with lies, your response is truth. All right? The truth of God. Not your own truth, not how you see truth, but what God's word says truth is. And you don't allow that lie to bind you up again. All right? So let's fight the enemy with truth. Because greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. We got it. You've got it with the truth of God, all right? So, Father, we love you and we thank you for the freedom that we already have and for the freedom that you are continuing to help us grow in. Help us to fight the enemy when he comes in with untruth, with lies, with the truth. And we know he's the father of all lies. The truth is not in him. There is nothing he's going to say that is the truth. So we can fight him. We can bind him with the truth. The same lie that he wants to bind us up with, we can bind him up with when we speak truth from your word, from your authority. So Father, I pray that you would help us to do that. We love you. We thank you. Help us all to get in the current of freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hope you have a wonderful week. So glad that you're here. Those that are online, we love you. We hope that we see you soon. We just are so excited about all that God is doing in us and through us. And we're just so glad that you're a part of our family. We love you so much. We'll see you all soon. Have a great week.